guys, and welcome back into the Passing Lanes podcast. So this week, I'm joined by Adam Blaine, as always. We got a full house, though. Matt Jordan back again after the Packers' victory. Bandwagon Packers fan Robin Palm also back. Sup. And then Maurice Woody back again. Maybe he'll pick the Titans this time since he forgot to last week. Uh, but we'll start off with some news around the league. I know last week we touched on coaches, so just to tie up that little bit, Browns have hired offensive coordinator from the Vikings, Stefanski. Like I said, Vikings OC last year. Before that, he was the Vikings assistant head coach. So he's been with the, the Vikings for a while. So we'll see what off he a, can do. Ahead, off Rob. a brilliant offensive performance. Yeah. I don't know how you hire a guy when his last offensive drive as an OC is screenplay run, screenplay for incomplete pass, and then a punt when you're down by three possessions. But, hey, maybe he can do things with, with the weapons they have in Cleveland, or maybe he was hindered by other things in Minnesota. I don't know what you guys think about that. His resume is shockingly a lot like Freddie Kitchen's resume, actually. That's the funny thing. Well, that's the thing. He was in the he was in the running last year, and a couple of people in the organization wanted him instead of Kitchens, and well, they got their wish a year later. So because because yeah, because he got promoted right, like he got like he wasn't offensive coordinator until like last year at mid-season, some point mid season. Yeah, which is the same thing that happened to Kitchens, right? Like he went from quarterback coach to interim offensive coordinator to head coach. I so. mean. I heard, uh, so this is, uh, you know, I listened to a couple of the news things. I heard that McDaniels wanted to basically tear up the whole organization, like top to bottom. And Stefanski didn't want to do that. And so that's why he got the job. Yeah, I, I didn't see McDaniels leaving, to be honest. I think he's comfortable where he is. I mean, that was kind of, when, when he quit that Colts job, I feel like that was kind of apparent. I think the Browns needed somebody different, though. I think they needed, like, an established, like, hard-nosed coach. And I don't know if this is what that is. So I'm not sure. I don't think it's really going to work out for them. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't either. Uh, I think we talked about it last week and maybe even the week before that when we were talking about coaches. They needed more like a Ron Rivera-style coach. With I think head coaching experience was key for this team. They obviously have the skill position players to make a run, right? I mean, Odell, if Odell stays, Jarvis Landry's really good. Chubb has showed that he's good. They also have Kareem Hunt, even though everybody forgot that. And I think Baker's good enough. And if they can just keep a head on their shoulders and not, you know, beat someone's brains in with a helmet. I think this team can do well. So like, you know, everyone wants to hire that like young offensive mind thing. Like that's what they want as their head coach. But I think Robin touched on it a few weeks back as well, that this year, those offensive minded young head coaches didn't really do anything this year. If you look at, yeah, the there's guy, a... yeah, if you look at the four teams left and we'll get to the games, <laughs> But there's only one young head coach. Yeah, there's a that pretty good, like, there's a pretty good black guy in Kansas City. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he got like no looks because I guess no one wants to wait. I think that yeah, that, I that's know. what I thought too. I actually thought that the Browns, if they were gonna go with a coordinator, were gonna end up with San Fran's D coordinator because he's looked really good this year, yeah. or or maybe even Green Bay's defensive coordinator, who's also had a good year, I think. But I just think this team needed a head coach with head coaching experience, even if you got that from the college level, because it's a lot of young talent. I think a college head coach would have been fine. But just going with the young, offensive-minded coordinator, I just don't think is the right call for this team, because it's what they did last year. Yep. But, well, I, bet. I mean, it's the Browns. We'll, eh, we'll see what they do. They got a lot of work to do. Uh, I know Robin touched on it briefly when he was talking as well, um, that McDaniels wanted to clean house. Their GM also was let go before they hired a head coach. They interviewed 
George Patton today. I have no clue who that is. Not well versed in the general manager realm of the National Football League, uh, but that's oh, and Patton I know is a general exactly. So he must be good at his job. But that's who they're looking to hire as the GM in uh, in Cleveland. Uh, we also had a few other coaching moves. The Bears hired the ex-Bengals offensive coordinator Bill Lazar as their offensive coordinator. I mean. Again, it's like, what do you, these guys must be making moves behind closed doors because what did the Bengals offense do this year to warrant this, I guess? It makes sense. Uh, and I guess in legal news, all-star wide receiver Julian Edelman gets arrested for vandalizing vehicles and, and drunken bender. Did you guys read into this at all? Yeah, between this and like, so you guys remember the good old Instagram pics that popped up a couple of years ago. Oh, uh, with the girl? And- yeah, it yeah. seems it seems Edelman uh, maybe he's not that smart. Like he seems to kind of get into these trouble situations a little bit too much. As far as you know, you just need to think more. I mean, you can't just be like gronk and gronk it up because he's more of a mascot than anything else. But whatever, you know, yeah. it's the most fun he's having because he's you know not playing anymore. I think he's just so used to having a job in the divisional round that he didn't know what to do with himself. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think in his career, he's always had a playoff game in the divisional round, right? They've never yeah. not been there with him. So, I don't know. I think it's just a bonehead move. But, hey, I mean, people make mistakes. He can always bounce back. Well, the funny thing was about the story was they said, like, he was in Boston and Avondola and Paul Pierce were with him as he did this. So, what, what it's just kind of funny. It wasn't something he did by himself. Boston sports, baby. What Let's a, go. What an inner circle there. Paul Pierce and Danny Amendola. Yeah. You got the great New England wide receivers and Paul Pierce. Wow. I don't know about great. <laughs> it was being really sarcastic. Two, two, oh, five, I know. Two five foot <laughs> they might be the greatest ones the past couple years. Oh, I mean, they well, unless you count Gronk. <laughs> wide receivers. I Not mean... people who catch the ball. <laughs> he might because as well. the running backs are better than the wide receiver. That's true. James White was the best wide receiver for the New England Patriots. So take that with a grain of salt. But that really does it for the news. Uh, I don't know if you, did you guys see anything, any updates from today that you wanted to talk about? Not unless you want to talk about the Hall of Famer. Oh yeah, coaches. yeah. Let's, we can touch on that real quick. Um, so during both of the later games, uh, one on Saturday, one on Sunday. They inducted uh, Jimmy Johnson into the Hall of Fame as well as Bill Cowart into the Hall of Fame. Um, so kudos to those guys. I think the biggest storyline I've seen coming out of this is that now Jimmy Johnson will be in the Hall of Fame before he is in the Cowboys Ring of Honor. Now, the biggest storyline is that dude who came in to tell them. Like, that dude is huge. Like He tells everybody every year. <laughs> That's his It's always the same job, guy. Right? It's yeah. that- how does that guy get through doors, man? I don't know, man. He, he, I remember when he gave Randy Moss his. Yeah, it was I the same guy. On like a 30 for 30 or something. Yeah. Same. Yeah. But, but, I mean, I mean, both these guys deserve to be there. Oh, I totally uh, agree. Totally agree. Jimmy Johnson's yeah. probably like, I'm surprised he's not already there. He's kind of far removed at this point. Like, what, what year did he get fired? Yeah. I, I mean, he got fired in 95. So, like, he won two Super Bowls and then. And then missed the playoffs the next year, I think, and then got fired. And then Barry Switzer came in and won won a Super Bowl. I said this in a lot a while. I think if Jimmy Johnson uh, stayed the coach, I think they had two more Super Bowls in them as, as opposed to just one more. Um, but that's me. I mean, I, I'm yeah, I only think there. 
the thing that I saw that kind of was crazy for me uh, was when they fired him, like their oldest superstar was Michael Irvin, age 27. Yeah. So yeah, they had potential and I don't know. We kind of touched on it before is I think Jerry wants people in that position that he's able to take the limelight away from. And maybe Jimmy was getting too much credit. I mean, mean, the fact, the fact that he's not in the ring of honor is like peak Jerry pittiness, right? Or pettiness. Sorry. Like, I mean, that's pretty bad. Oh, I totally agree. Uh, but yeah, so let's move on to the news, and we will move into the divisional round of the 2019 season playoffs, moving into 2020, and we will start with heartbreak. Uh, Minnesota Vikings get trounced by the San Francisco 49ers, 10-27. to 27. Uh, Biggest storyline here is the Vikings offense just could not move the ball. Um, this kind of looked like the Green Bay Monday night game where they didn't have to blitz but four guys. This front four for 49ers is really good. So they lived in the backfield. This shows Dalvin Cook only had nine rushes for 18 yards. So Kirk Cousin was forced to try to win the game in the second half. Just couldn't get it done. Also, this Vikings defense that shut that Saints offense down last week uh, also didn't show up as well. Tevin Coleman ran all over them for 105 and two TDs. So I think anytime you see the San Francisco rushing attack with some stat lines like that, uh, I don't think anyone beats this team if that's how they show up. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quibble a little bit. Um, with the defense like I think the Minnesota defense played well enough in the first half to keep the score close yeah they let the two TDs in but they also forced a really long drive punt and then they picked off Jimmy G and I thought I even sent a message to to Drew Lane after after the half I was like you know that's about where you wanted to be. It was 14 to 10. It was within striking distance. Unfortunately, it would just go all downhill from there after Kirk's interception in the third period and then period, uh, hockey <laughs> fan, quarter. Uh, and then San Francisco just runs the ball eight straight times for a touchdown. You could just write game over in this book. Yeah, yeah pretty much once the pick went on. Um, I, seeing Kirk Cousins all year and seeing him last year as well and watching a fair amount of Skins games when he was there, he obviously lives in his own head. So once he threw that pick, uh, yeah, that's the game. And then it, and then obviously them sealing it off that with a touchdown uh, definitely sealed it away then. Uh, but mm-hmm. this 49ers team is good. Uh, I didn't really have the highest of hopes. I did think that this would be a one-possession game, not a three-possession game. But hey, you never know. Hey, always next year, right? So. Yeah, I was surprised because, I mean, they beat them deep early. Diggs got them, and then they just never did it again. Like, they never even tried. Yeah, Yeah. except for that one catch, I I think if you take that out of the consideration, I mean, maybe they didn't even get 150 yards. It was like 130. Yeah, if you take out that catch, I think he ends up with like 120 yards passing. If you take out that one catch, yeah, because then Diggs just would, not have good. Just had 50, uh, would have just had seven yards if without that mm. catch. So Diggs went two catches for 57. And yeah, I mean, and, and that's how you seal the deal against New Orleans, too. Like, a deep strike. I just, I mean, to only try it once kind of surprised me. And then, yeah, I mean, Dalvin Cook just didn't have a good day. So, and I'll, I'll bring it up because I know we need to talk about it. And we'll talk about it in the, not in the next game, but the game after that as well. Coaching decision here was, just blew my mind. Uh, down by three possessions. I think it was fourth and eleven around the 40, our own 40-ish yard line, and then we decide to punt in the fourth quarter. I just don't understand the metrics there. I don't think it gives you a better chance to win the game, especially since they're moving the ball in the defense. It's not like the defense is playing lights out and forcing three and outs on every drive. I mean, you're down by three scores. You have to go for it, right? Mm -hmm. To me, that was thrown in the towel. 
they he gave up like, yeah well there was there was a couple of other ones too where they um you know there's a fourth and four there there's several situations where you know they probably shouldn't have punted and you know they uh, on and they turned it around and when they punted they made san francisco punt back but i mean you're still losing time each one of these exchanges happens and they just didn't have enough of it exactly yeah i mean nine minutes down by 17 it just mm-hmm. didn't, it just didn't make any sense honestly um, i mean they were down three scores and they only got the ball two more times after that punt so that tells you all you need to know <laughs> about that decision exactly um so yeah i mean we can uh but hey good job i mean they're the one seed for the reason for a reason uh now I want to talk about something oh, that, ahead, like, you talked a lot about the Vikings, but you, no one's ever really brought up that pretty much the 49ers defense is actually healthy right now. Like, D Ford came back. You have, like, Quan Alexander back, Tarrant back. Like, and <laughs> the front five pretty much all had sacks. All first rounders, Buckner, Armstead, Thomas, Bosa, who had multiple. Like, that team right now is so dangerous that they never have to send more than the line which therefore allows the secondary to be able to pretty much limit Minnesota's offense and pretty much anyone else they go up against. Yeah, That's yeah. how they managed to be the top three passing defense. Yeah, it's yeah. why Jimmy G doesn't have to do much. To yeah, 111 for 19 and 131 yards. I have never seen this many quarterbacks pass for under 200 yards and win games ever. Um, I was going to talk about this in <laughs> the next game as well, but <laughs> yeah. it's good to bring it up now. Yeah, so I don't know if y'all saw Richard Sherman's like press conference after this though, because he still feels like he's being disrespected for some reason. I want to know who's disrespecting this team. Like everyone says, they're the best team in the NFC. Uh, I mean, even personally, right? Richard Sherman's maybe the best, if not like top, easily top five, like corner of the last ten years. Oh, right? Sure. Is he bad because they were saying Gilmore is the top one instead of him? Is that why but, you feel disrespected? Like Gilmore is like. 22 and Richard Sherman's like 30 like Look, I'm just I'm just tired of hearing him say well all my haters want me to fail that's what they do get over it that's their yeah. job is to want you to fail yeah, yeah I mean I, I respect it to an extent right because he's trying to hype himself up too there's there there is like merit to that well ever since he went to San Francisco like the media well, and, and attention has not been on him like be, well so like that whole thing was kind of like they cut him cuz they thought he was done basically yeah. or like they basically let him go because they were like you're too old and i mean he did prove them wrong and he got hurt that year before i think when before he went um so i mean he definitely like silenced those people but i don't think there's like the he's making it out to be like there's so many people that are like saying bad things but I don't really hear it. Maybe <laughs> maybe like 20% of people picked Minnesota to win this game, and he feels slighted by that. Yeah. I mean, maybe he's just a guy that needs a chip on his shoulder. Now he, mm-hmm. he plays well with one. I mean, I, I, I get it. Yeah, but, but like Matt said, this defense is really good, too. And they benefited from the bye, I would say, by getting all these guys back. Uh, and we'll talk. We'll get into this game now, uh, Titans. At Baltimore, uh, this is a team oh, that didn't benefit from the bye. Uh, I talked, we, me and Adam touched on it as well. Well, last week is how did the Titans win this game? Obviously, Derrick Henry, right? Uh, but if this Baltimore team comes out flat and Tennessee gets a lead, it's it's tough, and that's exactly what happened. <laughs> uh, like uh, like Robin said in the last game, Tannehill's stat line does not look like a winning quarterback. Seven for 14, 88 yards, two touchdowns. Well, the two touchdowns help. 
but he threw for under uh, 100 yards and they won the game. That pass, so after the first fourth down stuff, that bomb was like beautiful. It, it oh, was, it was a strike. Yeah. It was the great. catch and, too. The uh, the one handed catch was pretty yeah. insane. And I and I and I told I I texted a couple of people after that, and I was like, Tannehill just made himself a boatload of money because just that play alone, you know, it's like okay, yeah, you're definitely a starter in this league, and it it. it it was the the route was on, you know, and it was a route just because of what the expectation was. I'm trying to find like a kind of an equivalent game as this big of an upset. I mean, you're talking about a double digit dog. Uh, I, I can give one you one versus six. There, there's a few, I, I think. Um, like you probably have to go back to like early 2000s, I think, though, to really get one that's even close. It's pretty bad, though. Like it, mm-hmm. they, they're. I don't think many people were giving him a shot, and the people that were were just basically believing that Derrick Henry was going to do what he did. Because um, I mean, you're, you're not gonna like who's going to predict that a guy goes back to back to back 180 yard playoff games, like 180 rushing yard playoff games? Like that just doesn't happen. I don't, I don't like. I don't think anybody's came close to that, right? Like Terrell Davis, I think was the closest before he broke this record. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that kind of says something. He's. Um, He's on that track if, like, basically he keeps this up. I mean, we're, we're talking about the greatest playoff running back performance of all time. That's definitely true. I mean, I'm ready to crown him as best running back in the league right now. I'm ready to give him the, the crown now. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you could say that. You could say this is the best playoff performance right now, regardless of what happens. Oh, yeah. Because, well, even though I would expect him to have another 150-plus yard game. Well, I mean, uh, if he does it again. Dude. We'll get to it, but I'm gonna say 250. I'm going at least over 200. He had 100. I, and I, I would probably take that under. I'd probably take that bet. I think, but we can talk about it. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, so I think Lamar has to take a little bit of heat here. It sucks because I, I I really do like the kid. I think he's great, but he had a bad game. Did you see a stat line though? That is the best bad game stat line. Sure, but he had like three there are three turnovers. Three turnovers. To and and the two fourth and ones that they didn't get, those are basically turnovers. He set a record that he touched the ball more times than any player ever, period. Because yeah. he threw for 59. He, you don't and- win a game if Lamar throws almost 60 times, though. You're not winning. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, they're just not built that way. And I, I do feel for the kid because he's going to have this like hanging over his head for the next. It doesn't matter how good his regular season is next year. Mm-mm. This is everybody's going to come back to the fact that he's now lost two straight home playoff games and he's had like his worst game of the, that season in the playoffs. I want to get bad at how I mean, before we get into like what Tennessee did right, which I do want to touch on uh, this game sometimes is a very lucky game. I mean, it's a best of one. The ball is funky and it bounces weird ways. And when a lot of people are like, oh, well, you, you count the Titans out. It was like this is like the Saints Falcons game in the regular season where everything that could go wrong did. I mean, you're talking about a team that went eight for eight and fourth and ones over the course of the season and then go over two. You had that weird tip pass interception in the first quarter. And then Ingram gets hurt, which I think is a really, really big deal that people aren't really talking about. And then just some other like flukiness of the, the game. And to Tennessee's credit, they didn't mess up. But it's just one of those things in the NFL. You can have like a one to nine matchup and the one wins one out of 10 times. And there you go. 
Yeah, and I mean, so I, I, I give him a hard time, but I don't think like anybody should be saying this kid's not great, though. I, I think that some people are a little overstepping it. I mean, he had a bad game, and I think he'll have to deal with that. But I think he's still going to be a great player. And I, I thought that was this part kind of funny is like, I'm going to read a, a, some stats of a, of a quarterback's first three postseason games. That's not Lamar, and I want you to guess who it is. So 558 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, and 0-3. In their first three playoff appearances, who do you think that is? Drew Brees, Peyton no. Manning, Peyton fucking Manning. <laughs> Something else I was going to bring up as well is, yeah, Peyton Manning went zero and three in his first time. Aaron Rodgers took three years to get his first win. Drew Brees took three years. There's a lot of notable people who have not won their first couple yeah. playoff games. So it'll be, still- yeah. basically what I'm saying is this kid's not done. I expect him to bounce back. He said all the right things in the press conference after the game too. Like even after they got like thoroughly handled. Also, he continues the streak of uh, winning in the regular season MVP and not winning the Super Bowl. Do you know the yeah. last time that's happened? I had to look that up too. I heard this, so I, uh, I'm gonna let somebody else try to guess. Well, I told I told Drew and and Maurice for the cast. Do you know who it is, Mar- uh, Matt? The MVP who didn't win the Super the Bowl. The last no, the last MVP regular season MVP to win a Super Bowl. That's a no. Mm. No. I'd have to think been, about it's been it. 21 years. Kurt Warner. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wowzers. Yeah. And then he would have done rough. it again, but he lost to the Patriots. Who yeah. won it the year Peyton Manning won with Indianapolis? Uh, uh, Manning lost in the first round of the first MVP award. That was one of those I three knew games. that one. Tomlinson. Yeah. Okay. It was yeah. 2006. That was Tomlinson's like big year. Big year. Yeah. Yeah. And then the year Breeze won the Super Bowl, it was uh, Peterson, AP. Hmm. So it's so. interesting. I think the big thing here too, and we're gonna touch. I'm gonna touch on this a lot with the next game. Is yeah, Lamar had to throw 60 times, and you're probably not gonna win that game. But the amount of drop passes is also oh, huge. Yeah, five drops, which is the, the the most in their season so far. Just a clown car of problems that that propped up here in this game for them. Yeah, I mean, their receiving core isn't particularly that great, to be honest. And it's going to be really hard for them to attract good receivers, too, because they're going to have to block 75% of the time. So, Yeah, just hire more tight ends. Uh, I I, I mean, whatever. Yeah, that's true. Run eight tight end sets. I mean, I think the question, though, is this going to be sustainable, though, in the coming years, though? Or is this... You mean like Lamar? Yes. It's hard. I think if Russell Wilson, if he can start to like mold more like that, I think he can be sustainable. But I think he I think, has to. I don't think he'll be able to keep up this running game. Yeah, the whole he's getting time. hit too much. He's definitely getting hit too much. I think. Yeah, but I, and, I think he'll adapt though. And he's not nearly as accurate on the run as as Russell is. Oh, but then, nah, we'll nah. talk about that. That that, that guy, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, I, I, my takeaway is is that this is like kind of an upset for the ages baltimore's in good shape you know lamar's still on his rookie contract they still got all their skill positions coming back they'll have to make some decisions but they got some cap room they'll be able to make some moves they're in what i feel is a really terrible division you'll see them in the playoffs next year oh no doubt yeah for sure i mean they made it last year and their division was better last year Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do. I do feel like we should probably touch on the Titans a little bit more because they do deserve a lot of credit for this win. And this oh. is kind of similar to um, New Orleans, like when uh, Minnesota beat New Orleans. Like, I, I I agree that like Baltimore had kind of a dud and a lot of things went didn't go their way, but Tennessee still outplayed them. Oh yeah, uh, no, no doubt. 
the two plays after the fourth and one stuffs like the the first one is you have the bomb from Tannehill, which is just a thing of beauty and the second one was darren derrick henry rips one for like 57 yards before being dragged down and that's when you knew knew that okay they have a huge lead and they have derrick henry to give the ball to how do you hit that guy like I don't even understand it. And like, especially like in the second half, I feel mm-hmm. like there's a lot of defensive players probably making some business decisions about hitting that guy in the second half. He's like Tecmo Bowl Bo Jackson, man. People just like bounce off. Like, I mean, would you get in the way of the juggernaut? Because I wouldn't. That's I'm not, but I don't get paid to play football. So, <laughs> like, what do you normally do in that scenario? Right, go low. That man has two tree trunks, and if you go low, you're getting ran over. If you go high, you're getting ran over. Well, I think he's uh, also like, fast enough to make people miss. Like he on is... fo- on Fox, they call him the moose that runs like a deer. So they wow. call. Him. Wow. Who said that? Who was it? Skip Bayless said that. Oh uh, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was pretty funny though. Credit to the coaching staff too. They came up with like a, a really great defensive game plan that was like that you know sort of took away some of the run game and and forced Lamar to pass. Uh, he tried 59 times um, and really kind of, uh, you know, gave them a good uh, a good start and really defended uh, Baltimore really well. So I, yeah. hats off to everybody I'm, on that team. I'm sold on Vrabel now, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think I think he's done a lot of good things this year and and even last year too. Um, so I, I think he's going to have some success there. I think I. We'll talk about this later. I don't think they get there this year, but they got a shot. They definitely mm-hmm. got a shot. Yeah, but sure. I think even if they don't, they got a, they got a pretty good foundation. Yeah. Uh, I heard on the radio today about Vrabel, just a quick fun fact, uh, <laughs> that he was on a podcast <laughs> earlier in the year, and one of his offensive linemen proposed the question that would you remove your male member uh, in order to make the, or to win a Super Bowl, even though he already has three rings as a player? He said, of course I would. Uh, and then as he was walking into the locker room a- after this game, he's the uh, the offensive lineman said something along the lines of, I'm going to get that piece. I'm going to get that piece. Let's go get him. Jesus Christ. So, um, yeah. Shout wow. out to the Jim Rome Show. Uh, I heard that today. Uh, the little sound bite. But so Mike Vrabel might be having some surgery in the off season, depending on how these next three weeks go for him. But yeah. he said he, he went, didn't need it. He went straight past ass tattoo and right to like chopping off your dick. Good yep. God. He was like, and the, and the fact, like, if you, after this, I want you guys all to take the time and find the clip because that man is so hype about cutting off his head coaches. <laughs> um, yeah. Sorry to all the, uh, we got a little graphic there. Sorry to all the listeners, but yeah. That was, that some, was, that was definitely some locker room talk. Yes. Yeah. So it's the offensive lineman's podcast, <laughs> but the question was proposed. Variable said he's all in. So uh, all right. hopefully they lose in the next two weeks. That way the man can keep his manhood. But hey, he's already agreed to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll move on to uh, man. Oof. A very interesting one here. Uh, if I told you a team scored 21 points in the first quarter, uh, 21 unanswered points in the first 24. quarter. 24. 24 in the second quarter, uh, you would say that that game was over, especially in a postseason game. But uh, you forgot that Pat Mahomes was on the opposite team and he could score 28 points in one quarter. You forgot that they scored 41 unanswered points after that, too. Yeah, this is is the only game where you can turn it off at two different occasions and think the game is over. (laughs) You forgot the coaches as well. Yes. Or 
Go ahead, Robin. You guys mentioned on the podcast that you like uh, the Texans had the what twenty eighth ranked defense. Um, they they were turnstiles out there, man. It was it was not good. Yeah, not I think uh, the first quarter of this game is going to be used for the next decade as how not to play special teams in like every locker room because it was really bad. Because it, it was literally like it was. Muff it punt. was block punt, muff punt, fumble on a kickoff, uh, fumble kickoff. Yeah. So really, the twenty-one points came off very short fields. <laughs> um, but I mean, they did what they had to do. Uh, Houston did. But man, like like I already said, Pat Mahomes is is the truth. Uh, he threw five interception, uh, five touchdowns. Sorry, on five straight drives. Uh, never been done before in the playoffs. So. Kudos to this guy. I mean, they like I said, they were down 24-0. They won fifty-one to thirty-one. I mean, yeah, it was it was a blowout that turned into a close game that turned into a blowout. <laughs> like I don't think I've ever seen that ever in in my years of watching the National Football League. Also, th- thanks to Matt for pointing this out to me a couple weeks ago. But this was a scoregami, by the way. I don't know if you saw that. I don't. Enlighten me. So, okay, so Scoregami is this site that shows you, like, how many different scores have happened. Um, like, you know, so, like, 7-2 to two or, you know, weird scores and how many times uh-huh. they've happened throughout the history of the NFL. And so a Scoregami is when a score has never, ever happened. Oh, so 51-31 so to had never happened. Interesting. Oh, because they missed the extra point. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. How so, interesting. Uh, Very intriguing. Pretty cool. But, yeah, I mean... I guess we'll we'll go ahead and get this out the way, right? So the the fake punt, <laughs> 17, fourth and four. After, by the way, you have a fourth and one that you kick a field goal instead of going for it because you, quote, don't have a play for that. Can we start with that one before the fake punt? Because yeah, that was the first worse. egregious thing. Yeah. So, so I, I just want to know. I mean, okay, I mean, we could talk about that, but I just want to know what the worst coaching call is. Is it Zimmer or is it this? I think it's this. I gotta go with the punt. Um, I'll let you explain first, Marius. Go ahead. Well, the reason I say the fake punt is it's why you have all the momentum right now. Well, yeah, they scored, and so you're you. I won't say they have all the momentum, but you essentially allowed them to come back in the game. All you had to do was just kick the ball and go back to business as usual. No, granted, they were coming back, but you didn't have to help them like they. So gave them the ball in what like the twenty. Something think, like that. I think the biggest issue was they had just scored. Um, if if you're up 24-0 and you do this, I'm probably not quite as mad. But the momentum was obviously shifting. This allowed them to score, by the way, 21 points in 3 minutes and 30 seconds. That's, that's that should the not big, that's happen. That's the big issue. So my, my big points are, one, it was in the second quarter. All right, if, if it's the fourth quarter and this momentum shift is starting to happen and you're trying to take the momentum back, I think it's better there. It's probably not still not a great decision, but it's better. Um, obviously, this Chiefs offense is great. You give them a short field, they're a million times better. Uh, the reason it's more egregious, I think, than the punt when you're down by 17 is theoretically, right, Mike Zimmer and the Minnesota Vikings are putting their best unit back on the field. Yeah, but he gave up. He did, to be honest. And, it was and, a give up punt. I'm not. I'm not disputing that fact at all. I just think you know how good your defense is as Bill O'Brien, or maybe you don't because you seem rather oblivious to everything. You just lucked out, and you have one of the best quarterbacks in the league. 
Um, yeah, but you could have just lucked out and went for it on fourth and less than one. Oh, when you yeah, that's a different issue. I don't know how yeah. you can be a head coach and have Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins and not have a play designed so for fourth and one. Here's the thing, though. Any other against any other team, if you're up twenty-one zero and you take a field goal to go up twenty-four zero, so that now that you're either like three touchdowns and two-point conversions or four scores. And it, it, like if you go for it there in other games that you'd it'd be like rubbing it in like that would be unsportsmanlike almost. But now in retrospect, because they lost, we were mean, like, here's the thing in the playoffs, like you put your foot on the gas and on their throat. I don't give it if, if someone has hurt feelings because they got to be 52 to zero in a playoff game. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing that you just said. You put your foot on the gas, which is why I'm not as mad about this punt call as other people are. Because l- l- let's just call this. He had one guy to beat. Sorensen made a great tackle there. Like, oh, they yes, did. Like, I think he probably, I don't know if you realize once he kicked the field goal and came back, I was like, man, I fucked up. I probably shouldn't let them get the ball, which is why they went for this. I just think it was really inconsistent play calling, which, once again, is just like, how the fuck do you go to both ends of the spectrum in the span of a quarter? Yeah, that's that's the thing I have is, as a coach, how can you say fourth and one on, in my own, in the red zone, I'm, I'm going to kick this field goal. But fourth and four in my territory, I go for that, even if it is like it, a bit of trickery. So here's the thing. If they punted there, does Casey not score? Oh, they score, definitely. After they watching score. the rest of the game. Well, they he, probably do, but uh, 21 points in three and a half minutes, though. He yeah. did come out. Uh, Bill O'Brien came out uh, out of halftime with that interview and said that going into this game, his game plan was to never punt the ball to them. So how many? So once Kansas City scored and it was 24-21, how many people actually thought Houston was had a shot to win that game? Uh, less than 10%. I would yeah. say after fake punt happened, I would say that. Oh, game so you was think you over. think before they even scored off the fake punt, the game was done? I, yeah. As I, soon I as that happened, fair. I was just like, "That Bill O'Brien's yeah. gonna do." I mean, thing. I I kind of thought that too, but it was like after twenty one twenty four, they were still down at that point. I was like, mm-hmm. "This game's over. There's no way." Yeah, and that was I, before they took the lead before half. That's. I thought thing. it was once they got back to twenty four to fourteen. I was like, "Uh oh." I mean, especially how quick it was. And I mean, I didn't even have enough time. I wasn't watching this one because um, I, I don't know what I was doing. Um, but I, I like refreshed my phone, and all of a sudden the score was like way different. I was like, "What the heck is happening?" Um, and you know, I caught it later, and it's like this game is crazy. Yeah, I think they said it was the first time someone's been down twenty and, won and then won by twenty. Yeah, first time ever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but it ridiculous. Had- this offense is explosive. I, I have a question for you guys. Um, uh, because of the, the, the performances in these two games, you're starting a team. Who do you pick? Do you pick Kittle or do you pick Kelsey? I thought we were going to get a different question that was way easier. I thought we were too. I, I, well, I, I, he, he asked a good question. Yeah. The question you thought was going to be obvious. Yeah, the question yeah. I thought you were going to ask the answer was Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, that's an obvious answer. I, I, I think you take Kittle. I think I think so. you take Kittle. Oh man, I don't want to get into another I, screaming contest on this. I, I'm not as passionate about this one to be honest. But uh, the only reason I well, so we're talking about like starting a team, right? So like age is still a factor, correct? Uh, no, I, I just oh, so you're at, okay. Just well, like right now for three years. Even then, it's tough. 
The only reason I say Kittle is just because I think Kittle's a better blocker. Not that Kelsey's terrible at blocking, but I think Kelsey's more of a like he he's a he's a receiver, mm-hmm. and and not that Kittle's not, but Kittle reminds me more of Gronk than Kelsey does. And, okay, and I think and that's that, like the complete package. And that point right there is why I'll take Travis Kelsey. <laughs> uh, if anyone reminds you of Rob Gronkowski, he's obviously the guy you want. Right, but do you think Kelsey's a better blocker than Kittle is? I don't. I think George Kittle has better running backs to block four. Here we go. <laughs> well, I want, I want to hear the other two. We're gonna get a we're, we got to get a full full round here. What do y'all two think? Kittle free. Okay. Kittle. No, I'm the only Ooh. one. Who are you taking? No, no. Bob? I'm I'm taking Kelsey after this game, man. This, this oh, is, he had a great game. He had a great this game. Is nuts. If look. Do we just need I just go watch the highlight of Kelsey versus New Orleans like fifty times and then get back to me. Oh, just you that mean one Kittle? play. Oh, you mean yeah, my bad. Yeah, I've been Kittle. I've been Kittle. Just that oh. one play. That that was the play that like just changed the way I looked at that guy. Well as soon as that a, happened. That's a big thing, because I mean before this season, like, you know, Kelsey was pretty much tight end number one. And, you know, people are now on this on this Kittle train, so I mean, to be honest, in, in that draft, you're not feeling bad about going second like, no. in this hypothetical draft. Kittles in, and bits. In, in the hypothetical tight end draft, I'm okay also with going third. Uh, you mean Ertz? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, he's so Ertz. far behind the other two. He, I think he is. Kind I mean, of I'd be a little upset not getting one or two, but I think, yeah, one or two. Like what Adam said, like Kittle is just one of those – once he has it, he just refuses to go down. Yeah, sometimes I think, I'm still having horrible flashbacks of a 38 to seven, ga- yeah. 37 to eight game that we'll talk about later. Yeah, but. That's the big thing I think Matt hit on it there between the two guys is one's going to get you yak, and one's the better route runner. I think I think Kelsey's a better route runner. I think Kittle's going to be better after contact or better. I think after Kittle runs a damn good route though. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying Kelsey's not the better route runner, but it's not like Kittle's that far yeah, behind. I think they're one A, one B. That's how I feel. I, I, I just yeah. think they're both good. I, I just, I'll take the experience over the. So the more K- Travis Kelsey with this game uh, surpassed Marcus Allen for the most career postseason scrimmage yards in franchise history. Wow. Um, with 541, uh, and that's courtesy NFL.com. That gives you uh, how effective he's been in the biggest games for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. There we I go. Mean, they're both important to their offenses. Huge. Um, without and he guys. has help now, though. Like, past mm-hmm. Kansas City teams where he was the only offense. Like, you go back to the Kansas City teams where, like, a wide receiver did have a touchdown a whole year. Guess oh. who was doing it for them? When they were still Kelsey. when they were still passing to double Dwayne Bowes? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I mean... Look at their their core now, though, man. I don't know. Like, is there a better core that could just run straight? Like, like I'm talking like you said, your entire receiving core on the streak pattern. Yeah. No, they have Tyreek Hill. He's the best at it. Uh, well, not just Tyreek though. It's like all their guys are fast, including mm-hmm. their tight end, who's faster than a normal tight end. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is a crazy game. Yeah, and they're going to be tough to stop in, in general. This this could be, and we'll talk about it, but this could be Andy Reid's year. Finally, <laughs> um, but any parting thoughts on that wild fifty-one to thirty-one game? I think we, why, I think we covered everything. Go ahead. Uh, the, go ahead. I would just say, why is it that it's always Houston in these games where we're just like, what the heck happened? At, at least it was divisional round Houston, though, right? Hey, better than the dust. I'll take it. <laughs> uh, the well with Houston, 
Well, it's weird that I mean, I'll just my parting thought is Deshaun Watson looked real off. Um, his throws were not good. Like even when it was just garbage time and he was chucking it up, like I thought he would be able to do a little bit better than what he did. I Everybody's they, gonna hate hate on Lamar, but I think Deshaun was more disappointing. I yeah, I still I think, think Lamar was more disappointing because like Lamar pretty much tried to play hero ball, trying to compensate, <laughs> and that's yeah. just not the way you do it. But for Houston, just you're secondary. You need to do something about that. Woof. Yeah, revolving door was pretty accurate. <laughs> it was... They were uh they they had some injuries in the first round too. Uh they were basically starting people off the waiver wire in their <laughs> secondary so what's that what's the position in a restaurant that like shows people to their table hostess right that's, <laughs> yeah. that's their, that was their secondary right this way sir the the walmart spg <laughs> <laughs> the smiling people greeter oh god <laughs> this way to the end zone yeah, right this oh way, there sir. was there was a lot of that in the next game too to be honest <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Right. Well, so we're there. Uh, the cap of the divisional round: Seahawks at Packers. Packers ended up taking it twenty-eight to twenty-three. Um, who wants to go? Matt, you go. It's your game. You you talk about it. Can I just start with the? Uh, I told you so. I told you exactly how this game was gonna happen. Uh, I'm gonna call bullshit. Gonna I'm gonna call bullshit on that. Aaron Jones did not eat. He did not <laughs> eat. I was the one who said Aaron Jones was going to eat. Matt said he was going to run all over him to have like 100 plus yards. Now you know who actually he, called He it. got his two TDs though. But got, also, that were set up by Green, the Green, Green Bay went up early. That did much. happen. The, first, did the happen. first drive, and then there was two quick three and outs by both Seattle and Green Bay. And then pretty much, as we'll probably talk about more, the one target available. Although, Jimmy, Jimmy Graham showed up. And I was surprised, but Devontae Adams was pretty much the catalyst for most of this game. Pretty much every time Devontae Adams caught the ball, it was either a first down or a touchdown. Yeah, he went like, eight for I, 160 and two touchdowns. Yeah, he killed I, him. I'm going to, I'm going to, my take, Pete Carroll should be fired. Oh, I, I can't disagree with you. Cause how, okay, I mean, I'm going to skip ahead really quick. How do you put your third corner on Devontae Adams in, on third and nine to end the game? I don't know, man. How is that even a play call? How do you chickens in order? You well, literally, literally, you just spit? tell your first guy follow him. Like you, you don't let the third guy on him. You put two well, guys. They, on they, him. they they let the second guy on him, Trey Flowers. Then he he's probably still toward the sideline as Devontae ran. Oh, against. that route! That route was sick. First off, that route was so disgusting. Like probably the best route I've seen all year from any wide receiver. Honestly, like it, he burnt him twice. <laughs> which was yeah. the crazy thing yeah that's um, tough to do get burnt twice on the same route but the well he burnt him on the route and then he burnt him after he made a cut after he got the ball but um he like he if you go back and watch the third and nine i know i'm skipping to the end of the game but like he killed that guy two yards off the line of scrimmage he was already open literally and i, and I heard uh aaron Rodgers actually made the uh the audible mm. to tell him to, to take the go route how interesting which is pretty which is even more kind of like i mean Again, he, was, I think, he was lined up in the slot at the start of that play. Like it was not going to be your standard. Well, but he then, apparently. You know, like uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, finish your point. You can finish it. Oh, I was going to say. Apparently, from what I heard, was uh, it was supposed to be a slant route, and I guess Rogers before like the snap identified like the defense, and or or he just saw the fact that the third quarter is on my best guy, and he just told him to go straight. Basically, probably the latter uh, there. But man, so, he made that call. 
with less than two minutes to go in the game. Okay, don't get into this argument right now because you want to know who the leading passer, the leading rusher of this game was? Here it goes. It was Russell I want to know who had the ball at the end of the game. And oh, he put it away. He, he put it away. Which is I 100% give you that. Which is what I said last week. No, that's, you, you're misrepresenting my argument. I said Russ is the better quarterback right now. Bar none. Russ, Russ is also 0-4 at Lambeau Field. Oh, he's terrible in Lambeau. Yeah. I mean, but, he was great in this game. This is why I say fire Pete Carroll. Oh, I, I I agree because all, I mean to to two points, right? First off, the, the defensive play calling was weird. Not not well. Their defense was also like we knew going in bad, but then mm-hmm. their play calling with Russ makes no sense to me. Almost sometimes it just felt like he had to do a lot of things like seat of the pants, and like the run game obviously wasn't working. They had nothing. Marshawn Lynch yeah. wasn't doing anything. So I mean, they had this one. This this one drive in the first quarter was basically three straight plays to Marshawn, where he ran. I mean, he got eight yards in the first carry, but then one yard and then no gain, and then they punted it. Like somebody brought up a, a really good point. I heard it on the radio where Pete Carroll still thinks that he's coaching a team that has a great run game and a great defense, and he has one guy. <laughs> Yeah, and you should have just been basically the entire first half had been like, Russell, do your thing. And they would have won this I game. I, 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 I guarantee you they would have won this game if second half Russell Wilson was playing in the first half. So Pete Carroll was trying to establish the run. He even said that after the Philly game. It was like, hey, we want to do this. And they, they stuck to it, and it failed miserably. Like, yeah, but, I mean, you can say one thing and then be smart and adapt and do the other thing. I mean, yeah. that's all I'm saying. There was I like mean, a, a lot, not a lot of run game in this game in particular. I mean, and it I was will say that Russ. I do think Pete Carroll probably should be fired, as well as I think the general manager. They need to probably build around Russ at this point. Like, you know what that team can do. Like, although, how much can you say is it just as a result of Carson and Poise not being there? That's probably some stuff. I mean, it changes the game plan, right? But obviously, I guess not. <laughs> it should change the game plan. But it didn't. Um, I mean, there, there's obviously something to say there for sure. But I think even the, even still, the play calling needs to rely more on on Russ. I think because this is like Russell Wilson in his prime now. Like this is where you have to get the most out of him. And mm-hmm. so I kind of agree with Robin. I, I think they should probably. Let, they won't do it though. But I think they probably should. I mean, it, it was it was just uh, I I said at. So this is central time. So, but so 7:48. I'm thinking it's sometime in the second quarter that I said that the pack were basically in pass rush only mode, which is both a positive and a negative against Russell Wilson. I'll get to that in a second. They didn't have to respect the run at all after maybe like somewhere in the second quarter when they just realized it wasn't going to go anywhere. Marshawn, by the way, hats off to Marshawn for basically making two one yard touchdowns and basically anytime they needed one yard he got it which means that also Pete Carroll should be fired for that call where he didn't give it to beast <laughs> mode um but it was it, they they just couldn't run the ball so green bay's you know smith brothers were always in the backfield like they were they were there all over the place and the thing is is russ kind of wants you to be there and then makes a play because you left a gap open because you wanted to chase them. So he did that quite a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, also like there were a lot of times where I felt like he had a lot of time to throw and there's nothing would happen. 
Oh yeah, there there are some covered sacks. That the the, yeah. co- the coverage on field was pretty good. He had some uh, some drops too, some pretty bad drops also. He the, this team also had five drops as well in this game. But didn't they? Ha- well, was it them or like the Eagles that had the most in the regular season? Oh, actually, the most in the regular season was the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, well. Yeah, okay. Eagles were up there early on, like with the Nelson Aguilar shit, and then that kind of changed. But it actually ended up being the Cowboys with the most drops. Okay. But yeah, uh, I mean, they had. I mean, there was there was the one big one. I'm trying to remember the receiver because it wasn't Metcalf or um or Lockett, but he dropped it. I think it was Turner. He dropped like it was like a third and an eight or and something. That, and that's why he dropped it. Because if it's not Lockett or Medcalf, why even throw the ball? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was slinging to no names. I mean, Devontae Adams was obviously like the guy. So, I mean, he was the best player on the field um, on Sunday. But so, uh, yeah, I will, I will say this is the best game I've seen out of Rodgers um, in. I mean, kind of half a season. He had that one statement I, game after everybody was saying if he was washed up. I think this was his best game of the season. I think this was the his Raiders best game, game of the was his best game, but this was the most meaningful one. Yeah, I think yeah. this was the best game. Like, I I think to an extent, like he, like he he was just finding the open guy every time, which is all you have to do. I mean, if your guys are open, hit him. There was a he, he was doing that all night. There was a stat that on passes over ten yards, Aaron Rodgers was perfect. He was yeah, he was perfect over ten. They got and, killed on third down. It was bad. Like there, there were a lot of drives where it was like one yard run by Aaron Jones, two yard loss, third and eleven, and then he would just Devonte Adams would be open downfield. Well, that this is something I'll bring up. Looking forward to like next week, but yeah, most of the time Green Bay's average third down efficiency is like thirty percent, whereas like this game he was nine for fourteen, which is absurd. Especially yeah, really when good. you start to say like. Once you start to go further than like ten or fifteen yards, Aaron Rodgers does not have many throws this year that have even gone past twenty yards. So, so yeah, to to me, this is like a morale boost for him a lot because I I feel like this season by his standards was down, but I think he he showed up on Sunday like he, mm-hmm. he balled out. Um, and both quarterbacks threw no picks. Like it was a relatively clean game, um, mm-hmm. easily the best game of the weekend. Like let not me very close. Let me let me do say. Green Bay was boned in that fumble call. Well, so that's the rule, though. So here's the thing. Like, that's just the way the rule works. How is it the rule when after so, the dude came out of the pile, he had the ball? Because when the ball, when the call on the field is not a fumble and then it's overturned, there has to be clear possession in the pile. But like, it, like they ha- it has to, they have to be able to see it in order to call change of possession. That's how the rule works. I mean, yeah, that rule sucks. I mean that rule sucks more than the the rule that they abused later later in the game. They did the Vrabel, by the way. Oh, everybody's uh, gonna do it. Why would you not? I mean, yeah. if there's six minutes left, we're gonna bring it to five minutes every time. I thought they should have done it on the possession beforehand, where they should just eat like five penalties and then just called it a day. But apparently, you can get kicked out of the game for that. I don't know. Um, but yeah, this it was. It, I I was watching this game in a bar. Wisconsin is is very happy right now, um, and it was tense though. I said even after the first half, it's like, look, they got a really good cushion, but Russell Wilson's on the other side of the ball, yep. and uh, it, he's he's great. Like I, this is like Russell Wilson and this team at, in this form is like. LeBron in that 2006 Cavaliers team. That's pretty accurate. <laughs> That's pretty 
like, yeah, I, I had a I had a guy like talk to me like he's a Green Bay fan, and he was like, "Yeah, I was like super anxious every time Russell touched the ball," and I'm like, "That's every team that he plays every week. Like, if, if you're a fan of the opposing team, and that guy has the ball, and you're not worried, you're you're probably lying to yourself." Like, mm-hmm. so here's the thing though, like it's definitely tense because it's Russell, but like. Green Bay has had 10 games that have all been one possession at the end of games. Some against really bad teams, too. So, like, this is how they played all year. And, yes, I will fully admit it. If Russell Wilson would have gotten the ball back, this game is over. All right, Point so let's talk about that then. But first, Pete Carroll. First, first down, question mark? All right, have you seen... All you people who think the yellow line actually represents uh, I don't line. I don't even care you about the yellow off. line. But yeah, so that the in the picture it's off for sure. But even if you go off the chain, I don't think you got it. We're by the way, for the viewers at home, we're talking about the the Jimmy Graham catch for a first ground down the, yeah. the game. I, I again I, I agree. It's to me it's like the uh the PI in Minnesota. You're you're not overturning that at the end of the mm-hmm. game, and you're definitely not calling that <laughs> at the end of the game. I do think he got a, a fairly generous spot to begin with, but not that that mattered because all that needed to happen was the first down. But to me, to me, like his, where his helmet is, where his elbow is with the ball in his hand, like there's no way that ball is across the line when his elbow hits before he starts sliding. I think he's a good half yard short, in my opinion. I mean, I thought he was he was short. Yeah, I, I, I think almost everybody I talked to thought he was short. But when when the when the ref came out with the spot, I was like, "Oh, that's a generous spot." I and like the thing is, is if I was Green Bay, I would have gone for it on fourth and inches there anyway. Oh, they would have because they probably would have gone for the it. ball back to. But Russell if Wilson. you but could you imagine if they don't get that there? Like uh, they, they have were, to go for it and don't get it. They were still in Seattle territory. I think they would have been fine. I'm like, just saying, Russell having to drive, what, 60 yards as opposed to 75, 80 yards? That's a big difference. It, it, I'm not it, saying it, you don't go for it, because you 100% yeah. go for it. Yeah. It yeah. would have been it would have been tough, but, like, in opponent territory, fourth and less than one, like, you get it, you basically win the game, you don't, they they have to go 60 yards. Yeah, like, and because they were down by five, so they had to Yeah, it was a five-point game. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I was like, oh, that's a generous spot, and so, but they went over it, and yeah, that you don't overturn it. Um. And I was just happy Jimmy Graham caught the ball. Yeah, that's the rarity. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, you remember the games with like Detroit, where I was like, oh, Jimmy Graham's open for a twenty yard. Well, he dropped uh, that ball. Like that was my most tense moment when Jimmy yeah. Graham is having the ball thrown to him. I'm just like, oh my god, please catch me. He had three third down catches that were first downs in this game. Yeah, those were all three of his catches. Yeah, what a, like just clutch. I mean, he got he got a shout out from Aaron Rodgers after the game. Um, you know, just being as clutch as he was, uh, just because well, it's a rarity. And if that <laughs> Jimmy Graham shows up, we're they're definitely going to need him next next week. I just want to say there was a couple of other ones as well. The drive before that, that Geronimo Allison actually caught the ball because Rogers threw it low too. So that like that drive to be allowed to keep going to eventually make it twenty eight, like got away with one. Like, mm-hmm. but the last two throws were as accurate as you can get. Now I'm always a go for it guy. I wanted to say that Pete Carroll is getting a lot of heat. I, one, I think Pete Carroll should be fired. But two, um. I don't think his called upon it away was bad. 
Um, no, I, I think thir- like thirty I, of thirty-two NFL coaches punt there. Yeah, they they had three timeouts. They had actually stopped Green Bay in the two prior possessions, um, and Green Bay needed some miraculous third-down conversions to to advance the ball here. Um, and so it it a lot went wrong for them to not to get a chance again. Yeah, uh, I mean he, he looked when when Rodgers throws the incomplete pass because he gets rushed on second down, and mm-hmm. they still have two timeouts and a two-minute warning with a third and nine look. I mean, he's looking like a genius. Yeah, you're looking like they have to burn time and to make sure that Rodgers doesn't get to get, get the ball back. I, I'll say this. I, I was hard on him coming into this game. Credit to LaFleur mm-hmm. for, like, telling Aaron, like, hey, hey, you're the best player on our team. Go get the first down. I will just say this. If that's Mike McCarthy, he, he runs. He runs hundred percent. Yep. Yeah, he I agree. runs for three times, and then you punt the ball. And but I think I think they were smart. I think it was smart. It's like what you said. Like you you can't give Russ the ball back in that situation. And they put the ball in their best guy's hands. And also the guy that was getting open all night. And <laughs> he called. I'm, he called Devontae out for not getting out of uh, for going out of bounds on the the first down catch. Though he should have gone down immediately. He should have because when he went out of bounds, he gave him like a shot. Because mm-hmm. at that point, if he stays in bounds, they're, they're, they're going to have almost no time left, even if they get the ball back. Yeah, third down, fourth down would have been at like ten seconds left. So, yeah. but I think at the same time, <laughs> that man won you the game. So don't can't, don't can't really be much. so can't be so bad. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he, he I, annihilated them. The thing he, I don't get is what you said before. I just want to say it one more time. Like, Shaquille Griffin is, like, Seattle's best quarter. And yet, he was never on Devontae. It was pretty much just Trey Flowers, and I forget who the practice squad guy is. So, me. I, don't, I, I think he's one of those guys that just plays aside. And Devontae is really good about moving around. I mean, most of his catches are from the slot, right? I like think a, across you don't the year. play that way, though. Like well, we said it going into this game, you know who he's going to try I, to pass. To. I agree with you, but there are corners that play that just can't do it. I know that sounds stupid because they get paid a ton of money mm-hmm. and like they're playing in the NFL, but there are totally corners that just don't move. And I mean, people used to abuse that. Like I don't know if you remember, like when Oakland used to have like Awesome Law back in the day. That dude only played the right side. He did not move. So literally, people would just send their best guy left, and, and that's what they did. That's um, oh, it's dumb. That's you terrible. Know, play, yeah, I mean, you're in play the NFL. Play both sides of the field. What are you doing? Yeah, like you adapt at this point. Like really, even yeah. the, even still, to not have at least your second guy on him. Yeah, well, Trey, Trey, Trey Flowers. Only... What's the problem? You had the guy who converted to quarter because you pretty much didn't have anybody. Like a lot of times, when he felt the most threatened, it was probably a double between the corner and Bobby Wagner helping out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bobby Wagner was balling out too. Honestly, he's the only guy on that defense. Yeah, he's the only one left. Yeah, so Clowney's a free agent, and I would be surprised if someone picks. It. I I didn't like his game. I thought he cost. Seattle some serious plays. I mean, he he's athletic and he can make some plays and cha- he chased down Rodgers uh, several times. But man, oh, the, the second Aaron Jones touchdown, like he was so mentally checked out after that. Yeah, like, I, like it, I, credit, a... I credit that to Aaron Rodgers, though, to be honest. I think Aaron Rodgers is doing a lot of smart stuff at the line before the plays mm-hmm. was even snapped. And he's always yeah, been he, good at that. Yeah, he jumped the ball, like Clowney jumped the ball, got the penalty, and was like kind of hitting himself in the head. And the next play, uh, 
you know, they, I don't know whether Aaron Rodgers audible or not, but Jones ran straight at him and walked in, you know, walked in for a touchdown. So good job, Clowney. And he took, he had like three penalties in this game. Five, was, I think he had five. Wow. I think he had, I, I think he had five. Yeah, he was a liability yeah. in this game. Mm-hmm. For sure. So. I mean, he wasn't even that good in the Philly game on his one play. Well, he was good enough to knock our quarterback out. That was the Biggest winning play, play right the there. Yeah, he was impactful in that game for sure. Yeah. All so. right. So let's get away from the divisional round then. That wraps that up. We are down to four teams left, and I guess we'll jump right in then. So we'll start with the first game, AFC Championship. Tennessee Titans traveling to Kansas City. So this puts the number 12 overall offense against the number 6, as well as the 21st overall offense versus the 17th. So Chiefs looking on paper, uh, better on offense, obviously, as well as better on defense. But I think these two teams have changed a lot since the regular season. Titans are playing with a little bit more uh, pep in their step, obviously. I'm sure people will doubt them again, which will give them even more drive. But, man, this Chiefs offense is very high-powered. Um, what do you guys think? What are we looking at? Uh, oh, wow. All right. the, this is going to be a really interesting match. And the thing is, is everybody is looking at the Kansas City game being like just crazy. But I'm thinking about Tennessee basically knocking off the three, three seed and the one seed to get here. And... Tennessee played the Kansas City in the regular season and won. Um, and it was a game that Mahomes passed for 446 yards and three touchdowns. And Derrick Henry ran for 188. So if the, I mean, it, it seems like that could definitely happen again. Um, that does, That's my initial thought. And man, this Titans team is just playing inspired. Um, and, but Casey thinks they may, may may have dodged a bullet last time, so that's that's good too. You guys, what do you think? Okay, the big thing I've learned just in watching playoff games and the team that forced to show up like that, like the Chiefs did, um, forced to make that big comeback. Even though for them it looked somewhat effortless, obviously we've never seen a team turn it quite like that and turn it into a blowout. Never show up well in the following game. I'll just throw that out there. Mm-hmm. So like if you if you're if you have a big comeback and you win a big playoff game and your emotions are really high coming off of this big comeback and everyone's talking about the comeback all week for two two reasons really in this game. One, that you always come out flat afterwards, I feel like. And if you come out flat against Tennessee, it's not going to be pretty. Yeah, they're going to take it from you. Uh and they're not going to give you the ball back. Uh, that's the that's the thing. Like you you'd have to stop Derrick Henry. Exactly. And even when you know he's coming, you can't stop him. What were you going to say? Uh, yeah, I'd say ca- counterpoint to that. Mahomes scored 21 points in three and a half minutes. But, like, I mean, I get it. I, I think you're right. I think, like, Henry is, like, a beast. And it has to start and end there for Kansas City's, like, game plan. Mahomes is going to do Mahomes stuff. Um, by the way, both the lines on this these games are the same. Seven and a half. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I mean, I... Tennessee's the underdog here, right, rightfully so. I mean, I know a lot of people are probably a little hurt by that. Uh, this is coming from like an Eagles fan who, like, every game in the year they won the Super Bowl, they were underdogs. So I think I think Tennessee definitely shouldn't be underestimated. I do think seven and a half is kind of a lot, actually. It I know, I know Kansas. From, it raised from seven in the initial, but a lot of people were taking the favorites, so they had to slowly increase it. Yeah, I mean, Kansas City definitely has the best offense left for sure. I mean, at least passing, right? Like Tennessee's 
rushing attack. No one's coming close to that. So, so every other team and pretty much tries to focus on their rushing attack, like primarily. Kansas City is the true, we, we're going to throw it through the air. But just to say about this, Kansas City's run defense is like 28th in the league. Derrick Henry last time had 188 yards. Yeah, this is the 23rd overall rush defense versus the third rush offense. I I agree, but you also got to, if you want to go back to the New England game, he had 180 yards in that game, and they only scored 14 points. I think to beat this team, they're going to have to probably score somewhere in the neighborhood of 28, would be my guess. So in the regular season, they scored 38 points. Oh, I'm not saying they can't do it, but Tannehill also had a good game. Oh, great game. Great game. I would say. So hold on. I wouldn't say it's that. It's way better than anything Tannehill's had right now. That game, Tannehill was 13 for 19 for 181 yards and two touchdowns when Tennessee won 35 32 off of a Kansas City blocked extra point or blocked field goal to send into overtime. But Tannehill right now is still like right now hasn't even gotten 180 yards in two playoff games so far. But if it's just to be efficient, (laughs) He can do that. Like, I, I think he's going to have to be more than efficient in this game, though. That's just how I feel. I, I feel like they're going to come out slinging. Kansas yeah. City, that is. Well, I mean, here, here's a thought experiment. If Houston had, like, a running back like Derrick Henry. Oh, the game's own, over. If, yeah. if if this team goes up 24-0, Andy Reid can pack it up and go home. It's, okay. it's a wrap. Yeah, right. that, that cannot happen. Uh, no way. Because that All team right. is running, that team is running the ball every down down your throat. They're not yeah. they're not going to get in the situation where they have to fake punt on fourth and four. If they're yeah. down twenty four nothing, they don't even get four possessions to make it a game at that yeah, point. Exactly. You, you might see the ball four more times total. Yeah, and I actually like I'm I'm going to be happy no matter what um, what Super Bowl we get. I think we get interesting Super Bowls. Oh, I, I agree. Any yeah, per- any permutation of this, I think like the best like football matchup is probably you know San Francisco Kansas City, um, but I think there's interesting matchups um, all the way around. Um, oh, for sure, just, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think and, the most interesting stat coming out of the last time these two teams played is that Kansas City actually had more time of possession by about 15 minutes. So, I, I think the uh, the interesting like storyline would be if Kansas City wins t- beats Tennessee and Green Bay beats San Francisco, Kansas City gets a chance to basically avenge every loss they've had this season in the postseason and win the Super Bowl. So yeah. you guys want to pick it? You ready to pick? Uh, yes. We'll, we'll let Maurice start. He's been a little quiet. We'll let him pick first. So I keep going against Tennessee, <laughs> and they keep proving me wrong. They keep being that team that just gets it done. So they've beaten the GOAT. They've beaten the number one offense, well, number one rushing offense. And I'm still going to say they're going to lose this game. I got Kansas City. <laughs> All right. Uh, Rob, you picking the fan of Hill or not? I'm picking, I'm a fan of Hill. I, I mean, like, I think the kryptonite to this Kansas City is being able to just run the ball. And that, you know, Tennessee's already basically proven the formula this season and beaten this team using Derrick Henry and they're playing much better now. And I don't know. I, I, I it's a Cinderella story at this point. So I, I gotta believe and I think they're gonna do it. 
Uh, I think it's going to be close because this this team's explosive as all heck. But I think that the Chiefs going to look real dumb trying trying to to tackle this guy. Oh. Uh, Matt, who you got? So something I do want to talk say before I give this is. How healthy is Travis Kelsey going to be going into this? That's true, he did. That's going to be a he big did go thing. Down, as well. But he came back. He came back, but his his hamstring is still an issue. And then I do like to bring up, even when Tennessee beat them in the regular season, that was Mahomes' first game back. He still threw for like 400 yards and three touchdowns. So it's not like you can say he was out of touch. Having said that, I've already said what I think the Super Bowl is going to be. So. The first part is Kansas City being there. All right, Adam, who you got? Yeah, I like Mahomes. I think there's no, there's not a lot of scenarios where like Kansas City's not in this game at some point. I guess it's like a terrible way of trying to make a point, but basically, like I, I think it's gonna be really hard for Tennessee to put Kansas City out of the game completely. And I think in, in the game that's gonna come down to that, I just like Mahomes. I think he's special. He's like really talented. To, uh, I don't think Derrick Henry can do 180 yards four games in a row, but we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm picking Kansas City. I think he still has over 180. Yeah, I, I would probably bet the under on that, but I wouldn't be surprised. But yeah, I like I like Mahomes. Okay, I'll I'll say that I'm a fan of Hill as well, but I'm a fan of Tyreek Hill in this game. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah, I don't see this being close. Like Adam said, for one, the Chiefs are showed last week that they're never out of a game. I think even if this Titans team goes up, that could still ha- happen to them, <laughs> even with. Um, Derrick Henry, but yeah, give me the Chiefs, and I think it's going to be the Chiefs by a lot of points. <laughs> I mean, they could score 51 in essentially two and a half quarters. I think they could replicate that against any team in the NFL. So, so I'll, I'll take Patrick Mahomes. Go ahead. I, I, I agree with you, but Tennessee's defense is a lot better. Oh than yeah, yeah. yeah. The oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying that. Yeah, yeah. I would never refute that. I think Houston's defense was awful. They're depleted. I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Patrick Holmes doesn't have to score 51 to win this game, though. No, no. I, I think the final score of this game will be like 27 to 30. That's what I'm thinking. And I think That's not, you thought you said it wasn't going to be close. Did I say that? Yeah, I didn't mean that. that. that, that Three-point game. Three-point game. I don't think they cover the spread. I didn't mean to say okay. blowout. Okay. Yeah. I don't think they cover. The seven and a half is a lot of points. But I do think um, even if you go up, I think the Titans, these Titans teams for the last two weeks, what they've done is gone up in a press. I don't think you can oppress this offense. That's 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 the stick of that. I, I think I think the penile sacrifice will hold true. <laughs> well, yes, if they win this game, Mike Rabel is one step closer to losing his Richard Nixon. So <laughs> the football gods accept a worthy sacrifice. You think they'll put that on ESPN. Uh. <laughs> Who knows? They'll they'll put anything on there. Live right. stream it. And live, yeah, uncensored live stream. Mike Grable. That's a pay-per-view right there. Four ninety nine, man. I'll pay for that. Uh, yeah, it's like, you know, yeah. they'll lead with the castration and then they'll go to the, what was it? Lamar Jackson versus Tom Brady, 40-yard dash. All-in-one mm. package. You get it. No pun intended. Followed by Jameson Winston, 30 for 30 episode. Oh, yeah. Those are my damn crab legs. 30 for 30, Jameis Winston. So, yeah, let's go on. NFC Championship game. It's going to be Packers at 49ers. Go ahead, Rob. I'll let you take it away. They're not going to lose by 26. <laughs> I, 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 I just... 29 29 was it holy crap i i just think a lot of times when you get a second shot at a team like this um that you do better the second game uh and 
Also, home field advantage tends to go away in the championship round because every player is playing for the same thing. Um, you know, they're all playing for a trip to the Super Bowl. The last time they played, that was Devontae Adams first week back. I think they're just basically clicking right now. But so is San Francisco. This defense is just crazy good. Like especially their their front. Even Richard Sherman got in on the action. I'm not sure how you attack it, but they've had some t- trouble games. Like maybe they can look at ta- the the fake the tape on the Falcons or the tape on how Russell Wilson beat him or whatever. So this this team can lose ball games. I just hope it's a good game, and I'm hoping you know that you know the Packers win because that will be great for my whole area. But oh man, that's a long shot. So that's my analysis right there. I. I think, you know, it's it's going to be tough. I think Garoppolo will have to play well. And right now, he hasn't, like, won a game. And I think he'll have to do so in order to win this game. And I'm not sure if he can do it. All right, Matt. Your turn, buddy. All right. So, pretty much, Robin said a lot of what I think. So, in order for Green Bay to win, we either need, like, the Aaron Rodgers about five years ago, or Aaron Jones needs to have the game like James Starks did when Green Bay was on their Super Bowl run. They need something to, like, extraordinarily stick out, because I already talked about, like, San Fran's defensive line. You have five first-round picks who are all just capable of, like, their pass rush is amazing. However, I will say this. The Green Bay-San Fran game last time started with Rodgers having a strip sack that put San Fran on their two-yard line to start the game. Devontae Adams had three drops in that game, which is unheard of, as well as the rest of the team having drops as well. So Green Bay definitely shot themselves in the foot when that game started before, so definitely minimizing that will allow it to be a closer game. I think you definitely stop, like, coleman the rushing game and you force jimmy to beat you meaning Mm -hmm. can you stop kittle and Mm -hmm. like i i would be fine if jimmy all he has to do is pass it to emmanuel and debo if that is the game i like our odds at this point and then like it's been proven like yes richard sherman has been getting back to form but julio had 13 receptions against that team before and then 12 to everyone else in that falcons win so it it is proven that you can focus on one person and still be effective. So they pretty much just have to utilize what they have. I mean, I think that sums it up pretty well. I think the big thing here is the games that the 49ers have lost, um, which is special players, right? So like they lost to Julio. Julio kind of beat them single-handedly as well as Russ because Russ, anytime the Seahawks Seahawks win, it's pretty much Russell Wilson winning on his own. So I think it's really up to either Aaron Jones or Devontae Adams to have a massive game. So I, I do want to say, like, if you were to take the best offensive players, three out of the four of the best offensive players in this game are on Green Bay. You know, Rodgers, Adams, and Jones. And then yeah. Kittle is in there, too. Yeah, San Francisco is like, not a particularly stacked offensive team. They just, like, they just do enough well. Mm-hmm. And their defense is just... Elite. Unfortunately, those Green Bay players have to play against San Francisco's defense, which right. makes makes humans out of anybody. But I actually think that, like, I think their point on Rodgers is, is pretty accurate. I think I think Rodgers is gonna if, if Rodgers shows up like he did against Seattle, I think that's definitely a great sign. Because, like I said, I think Rod, Rodgers was like finding guys left and right. It was mostly Devontae, but he was finding the op- the other open guys too. I, I think Jimmy Graham has to have another game. I think that's gonna be a big deal. I think if Jimmy Graham can like 
actually establish himself as a threat to take some heat off Devontae because they're going to be doubling Devontae a lot in this game. Um, I think that could that could be a huge thing for Green Bay if, if Aaron can can actually rely on him in this game. I, I think putting the ball in Jimmy G's hands is, is definitely going to be the game plan. And I think what y'all said is pretty accurate. It's going to be like, can you at least control Kittle to an extent and force him to try to throw deep to Emmanuel and make mistakes? I think that's definitely going to be how Green Bay wins. Yeah, I think it all starts with they have to shut the run down first, which they showed they could do. Even though Seattle's depleted in that department, they still weren't able to move the ball rushing. So if they can do anything similar to that to this San Francisco offense, I think it neuters everything they do, even Kittle to a certain degree, because a lot of what they do is off the play action. I think that's just a Shanahan offense is run, 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 a lot of play action. And if you shut the run down, then the play action is not as bad. Also, if the Packers get ahead in this game, um, Jimmy G is like a statue back there. So (laughs) those Smith boys could have a field day against him, kind of like they did against Kirk on that Monday night game. Uh, also, the Vikings showed on the one drive that they showed up on that you can beat this team deep, and uh, Devontae Adams can can definitely do that to you. Don't sleep on this Packers offense. Yeah, I think I think coming into this game though, just if you they're going to be watching a lot of tape on Devontae. I think he's going to be doubled. I think it's going to come down to if other people can break open to force them to stop double teaming him to give him some space. I think he's still going to have catches no matter what. He's just one of those guys can't you can't shut him down the whole game. It's not possible, but I think they're going to try to limit him for sure. I think if Aaron Jones having a big game could be a, a thing too, if that somehow happens. I, I just think the rush defense for, for San Francisco is, is too good. Yeah, I think if they worry about Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. Oh, yeah, I agree. I, I think Devontae Adams is going to be their game plan. I, I think they're like I said. I think he's going to be doubled a lot of the game. Yeah, and it's also going to come down to can the Packers' offensive line block this front four because that's also. A very difficult task. I think that is the thing. Like, yes, Devontae can get open, but like that last game, I'm pretty sure Aaron Rodgers got sacked five times, pressured another six or seven against San Fran. Mm-hmm. Yes, last time. Okay. So yeah. it was yeah. just you can't really have time because Aaron Rodgers isn't the most mobile quarterback anymore, which is another thing. Like, which and the other thing to point out is yes, they did. The Falcons did win, but the Falcons also did not have San Fran did not have four of the people on defense going into that game as well. So this is like the first time San Fran's defense is fully available to them. I, I think Rogers looked pretty good on the run on Sunday, to be honest. Um, yeah. I'm not saying he's going to do that like all the time, but I think he's got it. Yeah, like he, he was he was making some people miss and, and rolling out and, and making some passes. Yeah, but in this will, game, he's got some different animals chasing him. I like him. Oh, I agree. every I agree. person on San Fran's line, every one of them over any person on Seattle's line. Oh, yeah, I'm not denying that. I'm, I'm also going to say that in the first game in, uh, in the regular season, they gave the ball to Jamal Williams 11 times, and they threw it to him seven times. I think if you just give 75% of those touches to Aaron Jones, it's a much different game. And I think they've learned that lesson that Jamal Williams is okay, but he's not the playmaker that Aaron Jones is. LaFleur mentioned this about that game, and then especially after the loss to the Chargers, is like in games where I didn't utilize Jones, pretty much things have not gone well. So he's going to try. Yeah, I think you have to. (laughs) 
he's he's really good and it showed in the regular season and this is a game where you didn't utilize him and you got smashed so, uh, I guess are you guys ready to pick it show sure enough all right Matt we'll let you go first because it's obvious <laughs> Super Bowl one preview for the NFL's 100th year all right Rob I'm going all dogs tonight uh I I think Green Bay wins this because not only does Sam Fran have the overconfidence of the first game, they have the overconfidence of smashing uh, Drew's Vikings last week. And man, this playoffs has seen a lot of comeuppance. And so I'm going with the pack. You want to mention someone who's also really petty about what the media says about him? Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Maurice, who you got? I got to go Niners on this one. I think last week was Aaron Rodgers' swan song, personally. So, yeah, Niners. All right, Adam. Yeah, I think San Francisco is just too good. Um, I I think Green Bay has a shot, but I don't think it's that big of a shot. I, I think if if some things go right, then it, it'll be close, but I don't even know how close this game's going to be, to be honest. I think San Francisco could take this over. Not as bad as it was before. But I, th- I think it's they could jump out to an early lead and just hold on to it and be hard to beat. Vegas so. would agree with you. According to the odds to win the Super Bowl, Green Bay has the worst odds of the four teams left. Worse than Tennessee? Worse I mean, than t- Tennessee. Tennessee's just hot, man. Mm-hmm. They're they're the hottest team. Yeah, oh, that's true. I mean, they definitely have shown the most. Um, oh, my turn now. I get to break the tie. You guys know who I'm taking. I'm taking the NFC North. Uh, I'll take the Green Bay Packers. We the North! Representing Uh. the best division in the NFC. Um, Yeah, it's Aaron Rodgers, right? Jimmy G uh, has not been in this situation before. That doesn't bode well for first-timers in the NFC Championship or Championship games in general. Um, Defense is good for San Fran. Never count that out. It's a possibility that it could be similar to the regular season game. Uh, But like Robin said, normally when something like that happens... You've already beaten this team uh, in recent memory. That memory is still in your head, and you're going to come out with a similar game plan. And uh, I would expect Aaron Rodgers to do a few things differently. They were only uh, 6% efficient on third down the first time these two teams met. So I don't see something like that happening in the playoffs. So, yeah, I'll take Aaron Rodgers uh, in a close one, though. I think this is going to be another field goal game. Uh, which yeah, they can't play. they can't play worse, right? Exactly. You can't lose by well. You, I guess you I think it's highly unlikely that they lose by twenty nine. Yeah, that's yeah. The, yeah, that's the thing is, I think the Packers are better than they were there, and I think the Forty ers are just as good as they were at that point in the season. Honestly, I think this is full strength San Francisco. Yeah, but they were full strength at that point right also. They were missing people. Really? Yeah, they were missing defensive players. Yeah. However, I do think that for both Kansas City and Green Bay, they will avenge their last losses they have had. But Kansas City's last loss was Tennessee. Green Bay's last loss was San Fran. Yeah, Like I said, it'd be fitting if Kansas City beats Tennessee and then gets a chance to avenge every loss of the season. That'd be pretty cool. I yeah. do like the Super Bowl one re- rematch, though. In the, like in the 100th season. If that happens, I think that just means the NFL is rigged. Or... Oh, yeah. Like, Antonio Brown was right. Damn. Oh, yeah. Oh, we didn't touch on him in the news, but he's uh, he's in it again. If you guys care to talk about A.B. to end the podcast. <laughs> My man was throwing that bag around, son. He, why did he keep calling that woman a fishbowl? 
I have no idea what I'm, you're all talking about, but if, if, it's, if, uh, not to sound bad, but if Maurice or Matt could help me out with the uh, what is the what does it mean when he called that woman a fishbowl? I thought he said fish face first. Did he say fishbowl? Fishbowl. Oh, I'm staying out of that one then. Yeah, I don't know what that means. But the woman had about six kids with her, and they all got in the back of the same cop car. I'm pretty sure there ain't enough seat belts in there. So I was just concerned for them personally. <laughs> but yeah, give me the Packers. We won't talk about AB. Um, all right. Yeah, that, that'll do it. So that, that means, what, the majority of us have, well, I guess we all have kind of different Super Bowls. So I have Green Bay first. I have the same as Matt. Me and Matt have the same. And then Robin has, what, Titans, Packers. Titans, Packers. And then Maurice has Titans, Niners. And Adam has Niners, Chiefs, right? Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, Adam looking, I was maker saying Adam looking real good. Yes. He's go, he's going with the uh, the chalk. I, I I like chalk here. Yeah, I do like chalk here. Yeah, Although, if any other rounds an indicator, all chalk is not the correct pick. So, all chalk is not. But chalk went three and one last week, and then wild card is you never take chalk wild card. No, I agree. But like kind of like uh, Robin said, I think this round home field doesn't matter quite as much as last round. So mm-hmm. that's kind of why I lean. I I think though, just not to derail a little bit, but um, if San Francisco was playing in Green Bay, I think it would matter a lot. Yeah, because they're yeah. the younger and more more inexperienced team. Yeah, I think Green Bay having to travel kind of matters a little bit, but I think it would be a big difference if San Francisco had to go to Green Bay, and I do think Kansas City's home field matters a bit too. And something else you just said, like this was a pretty deceiving stat. Green Bay's team, because you see Aaron Rodgers, the average age is like 27. It's actually a pretty young team as well. I guess that's true. Both. Minus Rodgers and Graham, the team is young. That's a good sign, right? That's why I'll keep pulling, picking the Packers, and that way maybe he goes out on top. Fingers crossed. I don't want to deal with him anymore, Matt. <laughs> I never said what my Super Bowl prediction was going to be. I just said I know what's going to be. Do you, do you think if they win, he goes? No, he's not going to retire. He's like no. 35, right? He's 36, but no no way. But yeah, even if he wins, he doesn't retire. A boy can no dream. way. A boy can dream. Yeah, no way. <laughs> yeah. All right, you guys got any parting thoughts on the championship round? Next week, Pro Bowl. Who's excited? Uh, no, no one's excited for the Pro Bowl. We'll talk, uh, uh, we'll talk baseball yeah. or something next week. Yeah. Well, I mean. Go Astros. Next week, next week's the championships. Then is the Pro Bowl. Yeah, I'm talking about next week on the cast, Rob. We ain't picking the Pro Bowl. All right. They should do it like the NBA draft. They should just. Randy they should teams. just not have it. Yeah. There you go. Or Problem that. solved. Or that. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else before we cut it out here? Nope. Have a good night. All right. So as always, thanks everyone for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please give us a like on Facebook at Passing Lands Podcast, and follow us wherever you listen to the podcast, uh, either uh, SoundCloud, Apple Pod, or Google Play. Those are all at Passing Lanes Podcast, and we will see you next week. Um, We'll have the Super Bowl matchup picked out. Peace. Passing Lanes. He's like Tecmo Bo Bo Jackson, man. People just, like, bounce off. Like... (laughs)